0: Well, I think we're out of boner jokes. I think we are, too. So, I guess let's just get into it. We have
1: exhausted the world of boner jokes, which actually <laughs> feels about right during this new period of our
0: I'm going to be honest, we did double up in the past, which felt reckless and irresponsible during our current hardship, during this <laughs> boner austerity that we're experiencing. Fair. We were living in the Versailles of boner jokes. We were. We were just, like, with and the no. mirrors and, like, the <laughs>
1: glut. It was yeah. like the boner jokes were never going to end. Now we just don't have any. And that just feels like a truism of right now. There just aren't boner jokes.
0: I would say we're like gnawing on the raw potatoes of boner jokes. And I love that, that French word for potato. Palm de terre. Yeah, apple of the earth. I love that. It's a real good one. Okay, well, I don't know what we do now. I guess we just talk about the fact that we don't have boner jokes. And then we start the episode. <laughs> yep, that seems
1: where we're gonna go
0: okay here it is the episode this is a boner on us a bonus episode maybe they're just called bonuses now wonuses why didn't we do that from the beginning Jesus
1: God Morgan like clearly you know necessity is the mother of all invention wonuses where have you been (laughs) all our goddamn lives you know what we're still in a Versailles of ideas As you have clearly demonstrated on the fucking fly. Look at you. Fucking take a bow, Morgan. It's a
0: wonus now. It's a wonus now. A wonus sounds like a small bone that you don't know exists until you like sit weird and you break it and you finally go to the doctor and they're like, oh, you have a fractured wonus.
1: It's a vestigial bone that we don't know what it's for.
0: And Mm -hmm. like when you discover it, it's both a joy and a terror. It's a wonus. It's a wonus. At this point, if you break your wonus... Just stay home. Don't go to the hospital <laughs> right now. It's not Don't. worth it for your wellness. Isabel, I broke my baby toe yesterday, my right oh, baby toe. Oh, no. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Don't go to the hospital. Yeah, that was my call. I like googled and they're like you might think you can just tape it up yourself, but you really should go to the doctor or else you'll probably do it wrong and then you'll walk weird for the rest of your life. And I was like, that explains a lot of the physical therapy referrals I've gotten cuz I have broken all 10 of my toes sometimes more than once in my adolescence. Wow. And I it was all home remedy tape ups. That is a lot of broken toes, Morgan. Yeah. And now, you know, I have like washerwoman's knees from falling mm. all the time. And then so I've gotten referrals from doctors, masseuses always note that my legs are super imbalanced and <laughs> I should go to a doctor. <laughs> so suddenly I had this clarity and I was like, I should go to a doctor. And then I was like, no. oh, no, no, now I, know. now I shouldn't. Now I shouldn't now go to a doctor. And for our audiences, this is the first time we are recording under shelter and. place. Place So we are remote. So if we're a little off for a while, so is everybody else. Fuck you for pointing it out. <laughs> I haven't showered in three days, and
1: I just watched a gentleman wearing a face mask let his dog shit on the sidewalk. And my neighbor, who I don't know if I've talked about on the podcast enough, because I haven't, chain smokes from her porch and yells at neighborhood kids. Mm-hmm. And boy, she has been out every goddamn day, rain or shine, chain smoking. And I'm basically in love with her.
0: I know the exact neighbor. The minute you said neighbor, I knew who it was. I know. I that a lot of her family chose to Shelter in place with her and I bet Some of them if, did that, yeah that's true There's more than seven people in that house So yeah. she's not
1: alone but no. they also now Don't leave so which she's I think is why alone.
0: Yeah I think that's
1: why she's chain Smoking even more
0: I don't think it's that You're home more to see it I think it's that <laughs> She's doing it more
1: no I agree I think it's like the packs on her porch I've never seen empty packs <laughs> on her porch Before so like that is a new development Like she's just out there being like God damn it
0: I can't remember if it was when Melanie or Suleika came over and name dropper, that's me, and (laughs) her granddaughters were power washing with buckets their own drunk vomit off of her step. I don't know if it was Melanie or Suleika, but they were like, we saw them like pause outside and like this look of like fear that that was us. Like they were coming to talk to those two women. Washing their own vomit (laughs) Vomit off off the the sidewalk. Those were good times. Oh man, yeah. I remember when people used to come over. That was fun. I've got a blanket over my head. I've created a small blanket for it in the office. That's nice. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing, trying to create good acoustics. I texted my upstairs neighbor not
1: to move around very much. We've had our first couple of like shelter in place interactions. Like, whereas before, like, Mm -hmm. he introduced himself and was like, tell me if I'm too loud. And I was like, haha, I'm never going to do that because, like, I'm just going to passively, aggressively resent you, even though you've given me this option to, like, be an adult. So then I've had to conduct class over the internet. And one day he was playing the loudest (laughs) funk music. (laughs) at like one o'clock in the afternoon and the bass was roaring and I was like, my guy, I am (laughs) literally teaching a class right now. Can you not for like two hours? You were pushed. I was. I used the option and like it was so funny because I didn't hear his phone ping obviously over the deep bass but then like as soon as he read the text message the music immediately clicked off and I was like, I didn't need it to click off. I just needed it to come down a little bit. Oh, I would have been
0: so embarrassed. I would have shut it down too.
1: Oh yeah, he was clearly embarrassed and then like I felt that that I like nixed the fun and I was like you can turn it back on after 3.30 when my class is done and then he's like yeah sure whatever and then he like at 3.30 he didn't so then I like went upstairs and alcohol wiped a bottle of wine and then took a picture and texted it to him I was like thanks neighbor. That's really nice you're a really good neighbor. Thank you it's also because I ordered way too much goddamn wine. (laughs) (laughs) The wine you gave me for my birthday paired perfectly with that cheesecake that I ate in three days. I'm so glad I remember you told me that you were into Like dry German German whites. Yeah. And I was
0: like, all right, I can do that. I can make that happen. I had a similar thing with my neighbor, but it was just that I'm in my house now during Ooh. the day and I could hear her on a phone call and it oh, was no. like in a movie when the camera slowly closes in on your face but also like the vignette like darkens <laughs> around the edges. And I was like, oh my God, she can hear everything. She can hear everything because yeah. she has been alone in her upstairs apartment this whole time. So that was hard. Yeah.
1: The things <laughs> amongst, that we're learning about each other like I
0: know. amongst many other hard hard things I had to realize that my neighbor has heard everything I've said since moving into oh my god I know
1: Like, my downstairs neighbor was watching Bridget Jones last night, and I know this because I heard the tri-star, like, doo-doo-doo, like, come on, and then I was like, oh, I wonder what movie she's gonna watch way too loud, and then, like, all by myself started playing (laughs) and then voiceover, and I was like, oh, that kind of night,
0: cool. Really loud Bridget Jones's diary Mm. night, which it almost always is. Okay, so what are we gonna do for this, our first episode of Remote Austerity? We are going to reevaluate the episodes and books that we've
1: talked about and see if they really are romances, no-mances, or time-mances. Yeah.
0: And we're just kind of touching base about the ones that immediately jumped to mind for us. I did finally get done shelving stuff on our Goodreads website. So some of that stuff reminded me that we had talked about doing this before, and it felt like a good time because now we're all organized. So if you want to, you know, revisit anything from a previous episode of Womance, please do check out our Goodreads. We're also, our blog is gonna probably be a bit more vibrant <laughs> (laughs) It is indeed. I've got a lot of extra time on my hands. And so I'm trying to not just stare into the middle distance for four (laughs) hours a day. So that's what I've been up to. The middle
1: distance and not the far distance.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. So should we just go back and forth? Sure. I was actually really excited
1: to get this assignment because at first I was like, oh, man, I really agree with like everything that we've done. (laughs) (laughs) Like there wasn't anything that immediately was like, oh, total misclassification. But one that came out for me on the no man's list that I was like, "Ooh, I would want to revisit that because my memories of it are so fond is wild orchids.
0: I have wild orchids on my list as well. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, this is perfect. Yeah, it was the only no that I was like, wait a s-. Well, I'm surprised it wasn't at least a tie. Me too. And like, because my memories of it
1: are so fond and I only mm. remember like the joy of the Tom Selleckness of it and like the weird sex scene where she's like tied up in her own like 80s sexy lingerie. Like, yeah. I just
0: remember that being like really fun. Yeah. And I think that was also what inspired us to do Icewine, our Icewine series when when I was looking back, like it was yep. so much fun for us to read that, that we went on to read a couple other no mances that I think deserve <laughs> to be on there. But, you know, it was just like a vibrant world that I like to return to mm-hmm. and just colorful. It kind of fit this niche of like an adventure. It was contemporaneous for the early 90s, which is really fun. And it also had a Kansas gal, which was important to me. Yeah,
1: it had real romancing the stone vibes. So like, I couldn't yeah, remember for like, sure. Without listening to the episode, I couldn't remember why we had declared that it was a no man's because that's only aged in my memory like a sepia-toned cardiac (laughs) picture, you know what I mean? Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm sure that at the time I felt something weird and I think the title of the episode Love in the Time of Reagan is very Mm -hmm. evocative to me of some... But it kind of feels like... Yeah, exactly. But it kind of feels like when you're like, uh, to your aunt at Thanksgiving as opposed to like understanding that she's a complete person (laughs) who does more more than just like ask you when you're gonna get married and so I also put wild orchids on my list to reevaluate I think Mm -hmm. it's more than a no yeah certainly more complicated and certainly
1: more qualified and like I think after especially doing the ice wine series and like some of the other books that we've read I would definitely like to dive back into that pool and that's what's so weird about it where it's like I just remember it fondly so like seeing it on the Mm -hmm. no man's list was actually a surprise
0: yeah same also one of the things I remember about it that's so complex and so at the core of what I think romance does really well, which is telling stories of marginalized voices, right? And we have this Midwestern flyover state school teacher who has Mm -hmm. just been doing the least and she is instigated to go on this adventure for herself after her mother dies and the Mm -hmm. book handles this really complex mother daughter relationship no kid gloves like the gloves are off for this one it talks about how she's relieved that her mother is dead how you know it's just so clear eyed it's honest about a very particular type of relationship and it treats it with respect and dignity and it's one of those tellings of a mother-daughter relationship that I think about when we read other romances. And I think mm-hmm. that was one of the things anytime I saw a no that I was like, well, because technically, Isabeau, Mermaid's Kiss was a no, which I think we'll come back to, but... I'm it, glad that you shelved it in the right place because yeah,
1: like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's not. Yeah. I recommend it, that book all the goddamn time yeah. like an asshole. Yeah,
0: we'll definitely get to Mermaid's Kiss, but the only other no-mance that I was like, well, er, was Wild Orchids by Karen mm-hmm. Robart. just because it is one of those books that I think about all the time and I use it as a yardstick against Mm -hmm. which to compare other books. And it's not like I have a list or a notebook or anything like that. It's just, it stands out so clearly in my mind. Yeah, and I think that like brings me
1: to one of the romances that I was like, ooh, I don't actually remember anything valuable about you. Mm. And that was No Other Duke Will Do by Grace Burroughs, an author Mm. that I really like. I remember enjoying it, but like the details are like absolutely. absolutely absent in my brain like I remember a library scene and like a parapet but mostly I don't remember any of the other moves very well and like in the talking about it I'm like oh he's a poor duke and like there's like weird money stuff and then there's the guy who wants to turn in the mines. but like mostly it didn't register as strongly as Wild Orchids or some of the other stuff on the list and I was like oh what is the shelf life in my memory for yeah. a romance novel and like what does it say that like I think about Wild Orchids and I think about like the joy of the reading it and when I saw No Other Duke Will Do and I was like what are
0: you again? <laughs> yeah I think that's really fair. I think I had the to- the same experience with No Other Duke Will Do, where mm-hmm. I could not even remember what we talked about with him. I'm sure you
1: and I talked about like a cursory gentry versus like working class vibe, because I seem to remember that being an animating factor. Mm,
0: oh, right. Because he's like working the mines or whatever. Or, he like, doesn't, doesn't want, want the mine. mine. Yeah. yeah. And that's supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. OK, but here's the thing. At the time when we finished reading it, we were like, this is a good book. And Mm-hmm. And romance is a genre of mass consumption. And yeah. so to be honest, I feel like we've set ourselves a weirdly high bar with these books that we've chosen because so many of them are just like very punchy. But there's other books that I have a similar experience with, like The Kiss Quotient. I always forget mm-hmm. what The Kiss Quotient is, even though as soon as I start really willing myself to think about it, I remember, you know, he worked as an escort. Like there's lots mm-hmm. of big tentpole plot points in that book, but I don't remember it specifically Specifically, very often at all. Does that make it a romance? If it's boring, <laughs> it's like. But I think like good good that's actually
1: <laughs> worth thinking about because especially like the way that you and I consume romance, which is both similar and different to I think like a more regular romance reader is that like it is for mass consumption we're talking about people who are reading like six to eight books a month if not more and like what does it mean that you can a read that quickly and like what would be the qualifiers of like what would be good then and it's like it was good at the time and then like I could easily forget about it the fact that I don't have an attachment like good or bad to no other duke will do or like I think the kiss quotient are really good example like the right swipe is like that for me too. It's like I totally forgot that I read that until I was reminded by my Goodreads page. Mm -hmm. And I wonder how common that is for like a romance experience as being like a regular reader. Like, oh yeah, I read that now that you've mentioned the title and the author and I've seen the cover. It's like, oh yeah, I read that. Versus something like when Joanna Lindsay passed and everyone was like, Defy Not the Heart was like the song of my soul from Mm -hmm. like 16 to 18. And like, yeah, what is it that punches through that barrier?
0: Yeah. But is that like a necessary qualifier for a romance, or is it good enough just to be like a delicious bowl of vanilla ice cream Mm. that you forget about the next day? You know, like when you get like a little thing of like Briars and you're like, oh, this is nice. Right. Versus (laughs) like like, the pistachio gelato that you're like, oh, yeah, I'm thinking about you later. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I think that's tricky because like good enough is good enough, especially Mm -hmm. in genre fiction. Yep. Is it good enough for us, though, on the show? Like, are I don't know, we doing I, like, a disservice by not just, like, only having
1: barn burners to but, recommend? Like, this is, but this is also one of the things, like, I think it's good that we recommend barn burners, or at least talk about them, right? Because yeah. I feel like we talk about bad barn burners as well, like, take the whole farm with them. But if you'd asked me at the time, I probably would have said no other Duke will do is, like, probably, like, a romance par excellence because mm-hmm. it, like, hit all the things and did all the things. Yeah. But, like, I don't think I'll be able to Know if it's a barn burner except in retrospect. Mm-hmm. And like I think some of those things are actually pretty subtle. Like the Debbie Makomer that we read, vanilla ice cream through and through, but I think about it way more than I ever thought about. No other Duke will do. That is the- such
0: a good point. I think Morning Comes Softly is such a good comparison. Yeah, because it is banal. <laughs> yeah. And like no sex scenes in it. No At sex all. scenes. But as soon as I was like going back through our episodes, I saw Morning Come Softly. And And I remembered our conversations vividly about it, Mm -hmm. like the waitress who has the classy star patch pockets Mm -hmm. and just the kindness and warmth that like radiates through the voice of the novel. Yes. That's
1: like, what I remember so clearly about it, yeah, and how yeah. I wish more books that are that banal treated their characters. Where it's like there were broken down cars in that yard, and like that was part of the character's world, and like mm-hmm. it was built into the novel that way. But there was never a judgment about what right. that meant. Nothing and was like, ever
0: a value statement. Exactly. No descriptor like, was ever a value statement. And how
1: lovely that is mm-hmm. to like exist in a world rather than like be told how to view it.
0: Yeah, Debbie Maycomer is one of those writers that like. I'm not going to probably pick up a ton of her books or I ever thought I would. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I went to Target and I saw Debbie Maycomber on the shelves and I was like, maybe I want to read another one of those just because you really feel so safe in her world. Even when there's drama happening. You know, a doctor almost kills himself because he's an alcoholic. There are really high dramatic stakes, but you never feel like the doctor is a bad person and needs some redemption or something. And you never feel like she's a slut. You feel really safe. Like, your choices are not going to be cruelly or crudely reflected in the characters. And so you feel really safe there. Even your bad choices. Because, like, your bad
1: choices are just a part of you and like mm-hmm. how you got to them is dealt with such tenderness but also just like clear eyedness and I yeah. think like that's so nice I notice the absence of tenderness for characters or the absence yeah. of the clear eyedness mm-hmm. when I encounter it and I'm
0: like oh man Debbie did better <gasps> Debbie did better because I would say Morning Comes Softly transcends the voice of the book itself and mm-hmm. you know I don't want to project onto the author but I will say Debbie Maycomer's voice as an author is just transcendent. You know, I think I would keep No Other Duke Will Do, though, as a romance, just because mm-hmm. I think this conversation is worthwhile. I think we need a comparison. Like, I think we need to say No Other Duke Will Do by Grace Burroughs should be a womance. And so is Morning Comes Softly by Debbie Maycomer. And so is Improper Arrangements, which was right before it by mm-hmm. Juliana Ross, which is totally different. An absolute mm-hmm. barn burner and far fewer pages from a far less prolific author. That's so true. I love that one. I think we have to say this is like a phenotype. Like this is representative. This is what we're going to look under the microscope to compare other things to. Yeah, that's so right. And I think it's
1: like good to have that because like the genre is so wide and also like having something that like this is, I think phenotype is the exact right word, right? You want to get into romance, this is it. Like this is a really good version of it. It's just like a bag of sweets that you'll like. It's not
0: going to make you like reevaluate very much. But like that's not necessarily the job. It's not going to like entwine itself in your dreams, (laughs) which some of these definitely have for me. And there is something important in romance culture, which is this ability to call forth a book without calling forth like a title or necessarily even an author where you're just like, you know, the guy with like the leather hand and she writes a newspaper like, oh, the Mm -hmm. suffragette scandal. We always solicit recommendations, which is a huge part of romance as a genre. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite things is doing it verbally just because Mm -hmm. having a conversation with someone, you get like the real scooch of the book, like the Mm -hmm. real core of it. And I don't know what the core of No Other Duke Will Do would be. Like, I don't know if it's a book that people would recommend. I would probably be like Wales and it has something to do with mining. But yeah, there's a library. Yeah, but that feels also like most of these historicals. have. I know. I'm like, I'm like, so Laura can sail. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) There are a couple on our woe list that Mm -hmm. I wanted to talk about for two different reasons. So the first one is Never Sweeter.
1: Oh, my God. Against my my will, is this a woe?
0: Yeah, and I think that's, I really struggled with it because I was like, I care for the story even less the farther away I get from it. Mm -hmm. But the sex scenes were
1: so
0: good. But then I'm like, well, is it enough? Like, is that enough to make something a woe? I think that's
1: actually a really great question and I think that's something really worth pressing on because I have never sweeter on my list and I'm like, my note next to it it says perennial bad feeling (laughs) and like that's. That's how I feel about that book. I don't like that I react so strongly to the sex scenes. I don't like how corporeally excellent that book is because it's not even just like the sex scenes that I think are really excellent. It's the body stuff in general, like how the main characters move through space as bodies, like that whole scene in the pool and like how their wet clothes cling to their bodies. Yes. Yeah. The book as like a piece discussing what it is to have... And not want the body that you have, but also mm-hmm. like learn to claim control over that body through sexual experience, I think is just like yeah. so well done in a piece of garbage book.
0: This, that, it, like, that's the thing is like, how is it possible that how is it possible? the ideas around a book are better than the book itself? And I don't know if I can recommend it to people. Like, I don't. Like, in my head, don't people either. are like, I would like to read a romance. I want something really steamy. And the first book that comes to mind is Never Sweeter. Mm-hmm. But I never, I always go with Priest instead. Yeah. <laughs> because Priest seems so, like, guileless. And it's, you know, it's less sticky. And it's yes. sexual reckoning. And yes. I think you're right. There is that bad feeling that comes in those same, like, early, middle, career Joanna Lindsay. But I don't know if the sex scenes are as good in Never Sweeter without that like (laughs) stuff from the plot surrounding it. You know what I mean? Like it's dirty because it's bad. You know, like, you know, it's bad. They should not be together. Everything the book has done has set up for you like this is bad. And then the bad feeling itself is what is sexy about it. Because it gives it that edge. It's
1: like otherwise like, yeah, yeah, it's perennial bad feeling but like Jesus Christ I can recall some of those scenes like basically verbatim so it's like a romance against my will because like a book that is that yeah. arresting for me like it can't be a romance because it no. did a particular work that like I think the genre does really well when it does okay. it well but like no I don't recommend this to people like, yeah you want something hot here's Priest you want something <laughs> fucking wild here's Mermaid's Kiss like yeah.
0: but at the same time I feel like I would never put as much as I love Joanna Lindsay and as much as I like own a vintage copy of it. Mm-hmm. I would never tell someone to read Pirate's Love because I'm no. like, the politic is so bad, but is never sweeter. Is it scratching enough of a special itch on the list that it needs to remain a woe? Yes, I think we can say there are cleaner ways of doing this bad feeling is sexy. Living in the uncomfortableness is sexy and what makes it work, right? There are cleaner versions of that, but I kind of appreciate on a personal level, if even though I can't really appreciate it on like a craft or Mm -hmm. critical level, that Never Sweeter exists as it does. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense to me. (laughs) Like I like that it's sloppy. And
1: that's the other thing too, where it exists in a sloppiness, but like in comparison to some of our other stuff on the no man's list, which is why I don't think it belongs there. It's like the Eve Silver, Jack the Ripper ripoff mm-hmm. like that book is just truly sloppy and That's trying true. to deal in bad feeling That's but true. like doesn't do either well and I think the fact that Never Sweeter does deal in bad feeling sloppily but like effectively
0: Yeah, it's just draped over that fishing line <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, and I just, it just like, <laughs> like barely manages to finish the race but it does and yeah. it's like sweaty and it's got like a strip of drool hanging yep. off it's chin Yeah, but it <laughs> it definitely finishes the race.
1: It finishes the race, man.
0: I feel better about having Never Sweeter as a woe And I yeah. also feel better about explaining it to people now. Okay, now here's another one mm-hmm. Hothead by Damon <sighs> Swain. Jesus. Yeah, I think we need to like go ahead and relegate to
1: that to no man.
0: Okay, okay, so here is. That's the politics of it. That's the politics of it. Sexy book.
1: I had so much fun reading
0: it. Good story. But here's the thing, and this is the point I make to people who like. Will die on the altar of Roman Polanski or mm-hmm. Woody Allen? This question kind of hovers around the perimeter of all of the controversy of 2019, yeah. but no one ever really wanted to talk about Damon Swade's actual work. Well, also that was because published. he didn't produce enough of it. Yeah, he didn't produce enough of it, but the fact that he did not produce enough work mm-hmm. is a political problem. But yes. if we talk about the work itself, this question was hovering around the edges of that, which is do we separate the the artist from the art. Mm-hmm. And I tend to come from the position of no, because there's so much good art by yeah. okay people, by people who don't blow up systems, by people right. who do not take advantage of their privileges, by people who are conscientious at least, you know. Yes. That we don't need to support these voices. However, mm-hmm. Damon Suede represented gay romance writ large.
1: Yeah, and loudly and proudly and really gave it
0: a masthead. Yeah, so it is different because he was giving a platform to what was otherwise a niche of the romance genre. So that's why I have a hard time because, you know, I am like, well, it was good, but like Grace Burroughs' No Other Duke Will Do was also good, and Grace Mm -hmm. Burroughs, I I don't actually know where she fell in the controversy, but I just, uh, maybe nowhere. But like can anyone mm-hmm. fall nowhere in a controversy a public figure? Not like that. I don't know. Yeah, it's just tricky because I'm like, well it is a good book. I think it's better than no other duke will do. I think so too. I remember it better at least. Yeah, I hated the ending. Yeah, like the weird jealousy thing. That sucks. You know, in this case, like holding the artist to the art and the politic to the art, as I am often want to do, also mm-hmm. brings up that other side of the politic which was providing a loud proud platform for LGBT romance. And I know that there were other authors who were writing LGBT mm-hmm. long before Damon Suede was and who have long after and who have done a significantly better job and have been more prolific. Mm-hmm. I realize that. I recognize that. But they weren't as good at networking as he was.
1: Yeah, he was a sly dog that way. And like this is, this is what I will say and maybe this will like help us move from the separation of art and artists to like a discussion of like here are the good things they did and here's also why they can be removed from our list. It's because when he became the erstwhile president-elect and then president of RWA, he was embroiled in one of the underpinning scandals of the RWA blow-up was his cozy relationship with Dream Spinner, which wasn't paying largely LGBTQIA authors for Mm -hmm. the books that they'd already submitted. And Damon Suede kept saying, don't worry, don't worry, I've got you. Don't worry, LGBTQ community. I've got you, you'll get your Mm -hmm. money. But like that money never appeared and his cozy relationship Mm -hmm. with that publisher also turned out to be so cozy that they lied for him and like Mm -hmm. made sure that he had the fifth book that was required to be the president even though he'd never written that manuscript. And so like, sure, I totally agree with you. Like the way in which he utilized his platform to bring gay romance like to new and various audiences audiences and to new and various places. Mm-hmm. Huge historical importance. But also then this other fucked up thing happened. So like, I think it's good to say his history and like the history of his utilizing his platform. Cool. Mm-hmm. It's okay now to be like, no, we don't have to. Because as you said, there's like plenty of gay romance out there that we could be
0: supporting. Yeah. All right. So Hothead is to be reshelved as a nomance. Yep. Okay, so then wild orchids were re-shelving as a womance? Yeah, like, I'm happy to do that. Okay. (laughs) Only in your
1: memory, or do you want to officially? I mean, because in my memory, it was a womance. Like, I was honestly surprised it was on the (laughs) no-man's list.
0: (laughs) Definitely going to upgrade a mermaid's kiss. I re listened to the episode because I was mm-hmm. like, what was this?
1: I laughed so hard through that episode every time I listened to it.
0: You know, there is like weird, there's like sex stuff that's like embarrassing. Like, I oh don't want to be it's like,
1: so fucking weird. I
0: don't want to be like, hey guys, check out what I'm into. This <laughs> type of eroticism. You mean the naked mole rat trampoline scene? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Waterbed, oh but God. okay. You know, and there was also weird race stuff. Like, oh, and the oh. military industrial industrial oh complex. God. Yes. But the thing is, it is a stew of id. Yep. It is pure oh id. I think a lot of people listen to our show who don't read romance and mm-hmm. they have this idea of it. And they want to feel exhilarated and they mm-hmm. want to pluck a string deep within themselves. And a mermaid's kiss, it is a intravenous drug of a romance <laughs> novel. <laughs> like pupils dilate oh yeah oh yeah and it is like
1: high octane and it goes from 0 to 60
0: and it's everything genre that's the other thing for me is like it's everything bad about sci-fi everything good about sci-fi everything Mm -hmm. bad about fantasy everything good about fantasy everything bad about romance everything good about romance and you can't extract anything from the others and like I said before it is pure id it is the intravenous drug of romance novels Mm. if anything is a romance like if our show can do anything it is to provide a platform for the kind of self-published stuff like a mermaid's kiss that's that all not i'm saying find a home or a podcast
1: <laughs> anywhere else and like yeah. you know this is the kind of book that people like talk about behind their hands and i like the fact that you and i talk about it full and openly and like exuberantly yeah. like this shit is so fucked but it's yeah. like so so fun and it's fun to talk about like the crazy stuff like God's a woman ha 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 bet you didn't see that coming and I'm like no I saw it a mile away weirdo like why are you doing this Joey Hill
0: but also like the world of heaven that she builds is something I think about constantly and I feel Mm -hmm. like I was watching Preacher and they had Mm -hmm. a depiction of heaven and I was like I feel like Joey Hills is more in line with the kind of like (laughs) rock and roll vision of this show and like I was like Joey Hill's heaven is better than Garth Ennis's heaven. I think yeah. I think we should call upon her knowledge for this. And I just because it is so good. It is so over the top, but it is so, so good. It's truly unique. It's yes. creative. It's beautiful. Like I yes. can visualize every nook and cranny of that world including the small cottage in which a jacuzzi tub was the mm-hmm. main thing like, <laughs> <laughs> like, anyways Highly recommend. we decided it was a no man's we were ashamed of ourselves in that moment we could not reconcile i'm full-throated <laughs> Good. Ready I'm glad. I'm like. I feel
1: like a we've grown man. so much in our ability to both like know ourselves and know our audience and be like, mm. you know what? Yeah, Mermaid's Kiss. Yeah.
0: Mermaid's Kiss. Okay. So our decisions are reshelving Wild Orchids from a no to a whoa. Mm-hmm. Mermaid's Kiss is not a no; it's a whoa.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Never sweeter will remain a whoa. Yep. Hot Head is now a no. Yep. And anything else that I'm missing?
1: No, but I do want to take this opportunity. we're going to
0: keep Grace Burroughs' No Other Duke Will Do do. as as a woe.
1: Yeah, it's just okay. like a different kind of
0: woe. It's a woe well with an asterisk.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I did want to, after going through our woes and no's, I did want to re-recommend a couple kind of in line with Mermaid's Kiss where it's just like, it's so much fun. Now is a really good time to have some fun and like really yeah, delve yeah. into an escape. Awaken My Love is like high on that list for me of just like bonkers yes. body horror. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, you want a trip that like will really transport you. Uh, Awaken My Love by Robin Schoen. But also like sleeping together. And like I thought a lot about this because like as Mm -hmm. soon as I saw that, I was like, oh man, I loved how fucking weird that book was. Yeah. And I think like the anxiety and like the separation so present in that Mm -hmm. novel probably feels a lot like what a lot of people are feeling right now. Because when I saw that title and remembered everything about it, I was like, shit, that is like fairly
0: prescient <laughs> so good so good yeah
1: so I wanted to re-recommend those as if you were looking through your backlist and didn't get the opportunity when we yeah. called them woes at the time those would be two
0: another book that I think is worth reading and seeking out would be Gaywick at this yes. time which is yes. another womance you know just like what our idea of a perfect romance is yeah it's another one of those like deep journeys lots of stuff happens and then I I also want to call out, if I may, like a couple books mm-hmm. that we read super early on in our career. Mm-hmm. Beast by Judith Ivory and mm-hmm. Improper Arrangements by Juliana Ross. I know a Love lot Improper of people right now are having a hard time, myself included, focusing to read. I feel like my head is just a constant output of panic thoughts. It's like I can't clear a path for any input. Improper Arrangements is a tight little novella. It's historical. The sex is great. The world building is quick and perfect. And mm-hmm. so if you're in a rut, I would highly recommend Improper Arrangements. Maybe I'll pull these recommendations and we can work on a blog post about it. Like okay. uh, Total Woes to get you, to yeah, get you just books. Yeah, just books to read. And also another great thing about all of the books I think we've recommended so far, independently published. So, yeah. Except I think Awaken My Love might've gotten picked up after it was independently published by a big powerhouse. No, it didn't. Great. <laughs> 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 awesome. Okay, well, I don't know if I have anything else for this particular honess. No. <laughs> okay, so with that, loosen your stays. But never your principles. Mwah. Mwah. Whoa, golly, gee. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Womance.
1: Womance is hosted by Isabeau, that's me.
0: And Morgan, that's me. Production is by Nick Gravelin. Our
1: webmistress is the incomparable Jane Bonzack.
0: And our illustration and logo were created by Mary Reichman they're the best.
1: If you'd like to follow Creep or connect with us on our social media platforms you can find us at mans underscore woe on Twitter, womance on Instagram or email at mail at gmail.com You can also hang out on our amazing website at womanspodcast.com.
0: You can support us by using our code to visit our sponsors or go to our Patreon where we are womance.
1: Womance is officially part of the Frog. Podcast Network.
0: Discover more podcasts just like our own centering on romance and reading at frolic.media slash podcast. Until next week.